Today in Business from Wired. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. John Doerr wants to stop climate change with OKRs, plus Bill Gates' climate plan, real estate in the metaverse, and a different kind of mirror world by Stephen Levy. Hi, everyone. In honor of the holiday season, which we're already in the middle of, this is a pumpkin spice edition of Plain Text. Order soon because we've had supply chain issues with the fake pumpkin flavoring. The Plain View. Here's what John Doerr hates. Climate change. We know this because in a 2007 TED Talk, he literally wept when he spoke about the crisis. I don't think we're going to make it, he began, sharing a promise he made with his teenage daughter that he would do something about it. But he finished his speech with the hope that 20 years hence, he and his generation would be able to say they put us on a path to avert catastrophe. In the following years, his VC firm Kleiner Perkins would refocus itself on climate-friendly, clean-tech investments, many of which suffered miserable returns. Fortune called Kleiner Perkins' initiative a disastrous detour into renewable energy, and the carbon level kept climbing. Here's what John Doerr loves, OKRs, an initialism for objectives and key results. It's a corporate grading system used to motivate and provide accountability for teams and individuals. Doerr got the idea from one of his mentors, Intel's Andy Grove, and presented it to the young founders he funded at Google, who built it into that company's culture. Dor even wrote a book about it. This week, Dor published his second book, titled Speed and Scale. It's about how the thing he loves might help ameliorate the thing he hates. In exacting detail, Dor has assigned key results to dozens of the objectives that we have to reach in order to shift to renewable energy, reduce carbon in the atmosphere, and provide for those all over the globe who have been denied opportunity. He frames the effort as the equivalent of what happened in the United States after Pearl Harbor, when President Franklin D. Roosevelt laid out the overall plan on a napkin and his cabinet officers and advisors laid and executed the details. This seems puzzling to me. OKRs work best in a corporate environment. 
Setting your OKRs is a big deal because if you consistently fall far short of reaching them, you might lose your bonus or even get canned. But when outsiders write up OKRs for countries, giant institutions, and humanity in general, there's no way to enforce them. So I asked Doer about this. No, there's no one single authority, no one campaign, but there are a few decision makers and decisive players in this fight, he says. It's not identical to the United Nations. It's not just like World War II, but I see a path to get it done. If we're relying just on goals, if we don't have a plan, the odds of us succeeding are much lower. Still, Doer's climate napkin doesn't have the authority of FDR's war plan. A president controls agencies and armies. How will politicians be held responsible for falling short of objectives? Who's going to fire Putin? Doer has a surprising answer. Greta Thunberg and a million youths are going to monitor these OKRs, he says, calling out the Swede who's become the face of climate resistance. Indeed, the most interesting part of Doer's book is his endorsement of what he calls movements as a force to push reluctant leaders into doing the right thing for the climate. Doer cites the civil rights movement as a predecessor and foresees a well-behaved, strategic form of uprising. His chapter about turning movements into action has sections highlighting the CEO of Walmart and the founder of the BlackRock hedge fund. He even provides OKRs for activists. Still, when I ask to what degree he will back protesters, he doesn't hesitate to say that the law is no boundary. Civil disobedience, he says. Doer's endorsement of movements stands out in speed and scale, which otherwise is shaped by the billionaire VCs bent toward capitalism, startup ambition, and engineering. Reading like a very crisp written textbook with lots of data and TED-level graphics, the book will not change the minds or behavior of Joe Manchin or Charles Koch. Not that the author expects it. Instead, he hopes that providing the objectives and metrics that could forestall disaster, he might lure innovators to shift their efforts to climate solutions and convince investors to fund such efforts. In fact, Doer sees the crisis as a $26 trillion opportunity for investors, himself not expected. He reports that despite the mockery, Kleiner Perkins' billion dollars in cleantech bets has now returned $3 billion, fueled by a few big hits like Beyond Meat. The fund would have done much better if Kleiner Perkins hadn't put its money on the wrong electric vehicle. In 2007, Doer turned down Elon Musk and Tesla to bet on the ill-fated Fisker car. Worst investment decision in my life, he says now. Doer skates past the potential criticism that someone living a super wealthy lifestyle shouldn't lecture on the climate change. Speed and scale, he says, focuses on giant steps to reduce carbon. Instead of asking us to drive electric vehicles, he wants better and cheaper EVs produced, so we'll buy them. It's not about changing the light bulbs or, frankly, any individual actions, he says. Since Doer's TED Talk, climate awareness has risen, but the crisis has gotten worse. Even with a set of cool OKRs, he still thinks we may not make it. It's a very tall order, he says. We need greater ambition and urgency, and we are fast running out of time. I'm hopeful, but probably not optimistic. Failure will be unimaginably awful. Millions of people displaced, economies collapsing, movements disobeying in uncivil fashion. They might even go after the billionaires. Ultimately, the earth will grade us on our OKRs. Time travel. In contrast to Doer's book, which discusses a variety of break-the-glass technology remedies to climate change, Bill Gates's climate book only briefly talks about drastic measures like geoengineering as a way to deal with the environmental crisis. In an interview last March, I asked him about it. Stephen Levy says, 
I want to ask you about geoengineering, which you mentioned briefly in the book. You say you've been funding some studies about this. You say this approach, which messes with the climate itself, is a break-the-glass measure taken when it's too late to otherwise stop catastrophic consequences. When would that movement come, and what would we do? Bill Gates responds, Right now, the big debate is, should they be allowed to even do tiny little experiments, or shouldn't we even go near it? It's very controversial. I remember when The Inconvenient Truth came out, and I said after the screening, Gore, hey, what about geoengineering? He just went like this. Gates makes the sign of a cross that wards off vampires, meaning we shouldn't even talk about it. I didn't want in the book to push it, but I thought, if I didn't even mention it, that would also be strange. Like, I'm trying to hide it. Like, it's some secret plan. It's a little bit tricky because we're not very good at modeling weather, and it'll be a huge political decision. It won't be a decision made by me. If we're responsible in making progress on climate change the way we should, we won't ever be tempted to use it. Levy asks, are you sure it won't be a decision made by you? Gates responds, I'm quite sure it won't be made by me. I'm not going to push this thing. I'm pushing the more rational, hey, just change the way you make steel. Let's get cheap green hydrogen. I've done a few million in geoengineering, and overall I've done like $2 billion. I lose more money on battery companies times 100 than I put into geoengineering. I funded the open-source green energy model. I funded nuclear fusion. At the Paris climate event, there was only one person there pushing the R&D agenda for the political leaders. Ask me one thing. Alby writes, One of the things I remember about the snow crash metaverse was the importance of place. Real estate near entrances and exits could be like Times Square with very high value and other neighborhoods would be less valuable. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg is planning on becoming a virtual real estate mogul? In a word, yes. Zuckerberg is not inventing the idea of selling lots in cyberspace. That was a key aspect of Second Life, a virtual world that was apparently ahead of its time. But during the keynote that ended with rebranding Facebook as Meta, he and his minions continually invoked the premise that people would fork out real or cyber currency dollars for virtual goods, and in virtual worlds, location, location, location will bring a premium. Presumably, Meta will take a cut of all that commerce. At least in the metaverse, our homes won't flood because of climate change. End Times Chronicle? Some rich people try to save the climate. Others get married in a dress made of mirror shards. Last but not least, bummed out about climate change? Get into the fetal position under one of our recommended weighted blankets. At the Rewired conference we held last month, Prince Harry told me that he warned Twitter's Jack Dorsey about the Capitol riots. Niantic's John Hankey thinks Zuckerberg's metaverse is dystopic. Instead of making up reality, Hankey wants AR to make reality better. We've gone from crypto rebel cypherfunks to NFT-based astounding expensive crypto punks. Read these stories and more on Wired.com. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at Wired.com business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.